The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, There is no need to be afraid, little flock, for it has pleased your Father to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Get yourselves purses that do not wear out, treasure that will not fail you. In heaven, where no thief can reach it and no moth destroy it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See that you are dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like men waiting for their master to return from the wedding feast, ready to open the door as soon as he comes and knocks. Happy those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. I tell you solemnly, he will put on an apron sit them down at table and wait on them. It may be in the second watch that he comes, or the third, but happy those servants if he finds them ready. You may be quite sure of this, that if the householder had known at what hour the burglar would come, he would not have let anyone break through the wall of his house. You too must stand ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, do you mean this parable for us or for everyone? The Lord replied, What sort of steward then is faithful and wise enough for the master to place him over his household to give them their allowance of food at the proper time? Happy that servant if his master's arrival finds him at his employment. I tell you truly, he will place him over everything he owns. But as for the servant who says to himself, my master is taking his time coming and sets about beating the men servants and the maids and eating and drinking and getting drunk. His master will come on a day he does not expect and at an hour he does not know. The master will cut him off and send him to the same fate as the unfaithful. The servant who knows what his master wants but has not even started to carry out those wishes will receive very many strokes of the lash. The one who did not know, but deserves to be beaten for what he has done, will receive fewer strokes. When a man has a great deal given him, a great deal will be demanded of him. When a man has had a great deal given him on trust, even more will be expected of him. The Gospel of the Lord. So there's a few things in our recent memory and, and even in the the, on the horizon that sort of color my reflection this evening. I think of our little friends here, some of who are preparing for the sacrament of First Communion, First Holy Communion. It's wonderful that you're here, and it's wonderful that you're here to witness the miracle of it. You know, this is, this is the hope that we have, that our Lord so desires to be with us and so fulfills his promise to be with us as we continue our journey. He's with us at all times. I think two of the school communities as they celebrated their Catholic education week, beautiful celebrations, times to gather and fortify our identity as communities of faith and of hope and of love and a particular faith and hope and love in a particular person. Lastly, I think of some of the visits that I've had to the schools and, and in contrast to that, the, the visit that, that the, the priests had as they gathered with um, Sister Maeve, which I mentioned. You know, sometimes it baffles me how simple 
our faith is. Christianity is a simple faith. It's beautifully simple. It's all about relationship, obviously. I mean, if we haven't got that, we need to, <laughs> we need to wake ourselves up, you know, splash some water in our faces or something. This God loves us. God loves us. Hear that startling passage from um, Paul in, in uh, what was it, Hebrews. He says, our God is not ashamed to be our God. Think of that. He's proud to be called your God. Um, before any of us had the bright idea to come to Mass tonight, the Spirit went out and called you. Called you very particularly. God doesn't spam us, say control, alt, send. No, God goes on a very particular hunt. He's looking for you because you are his beloved. You're very, very precious to him. And if you're not here, well, that saddens our God. So he gathers us. And then he feeds us. And not on something, you know, temporal, but really he feeds us on his very self. It's staggering, isn't it? Isn't it a wonderful... And yet it's so simple. It's, it's about love. Our God wants to be with us. I was talking with the children at St. John's, and maybe one of them's here because I saw him before, but we were talking about the Trinity, of all things. <laughs> I don't know how, how we went there, but um, one thing that has been catching my attention recently is that so much of our faith deals with that which is invisible, and there's really no way to take a forward step unless you put some faith in it. Think of, think of the Eucharist, for example. You know, we've got bread and wine at the back of the church there. You put one bread here, and you put the Eucharistic, the consecrated bread here. Well, what's the difference? They're both bread. Something invisible has happened to one of them. And, and we just have to submit ourselves to that reality, because it is a reality. It's so important that we lock this thing, you know? And, and the, there's like canon law if... if um, you're very punishable if you don't protect this, <laughs> um, this invisible stuff, you know. Um, the Father, the, 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 the first person of the Trinity, invisible. Um, all of our depictions of him are wrong. He's not a bigger, buffer, older Jesus. He's not. He's, he's God who evades our senses, evades our conception behind language and form and everything. And that God, invisible as he is, desires to be intimately in relationship with us. And so we need Jesus to, to somehow make eye contact with this invisible God of ours, to somehow embrace this imperceptible God of ours. And Jesus allows us to do it. And we do it in him. So, so lastly, really, I just want to say something about this gospel passage because it's, it has the potential to put us on edge, doesn't it? It's almost like Jesus, you know, it says here, if the, if the person knew when the burglar was coming. Don't, don't, don't get this twisted. Jesus is not the burglar, okay? He's not, he's not some stranger who's about to break in. No, Jesus is our patient, loving brother and Lord. And if he delays, it's, it's because he knows we do need time. We are sometimes slow to get ready. Um, and and our, our, our salvation or our peace or our happiness is not, thank God, it's not reliant on our readiness. Thank God for that. It's not actually hanging on whether or not I'm ready. If you don't believe me, look at the Christmas story. Even Mary and Joseph weren't ready. You know, they turn up and there's nowhere. Nowhere. Um, it just sort of happens. 
and they run with it. Well, that's all of us, you know. The, the miracle of God is just breaking in at, at all times. It's not like a burglar, but like a, but like a beautiful surprise that always somehow catches us off guard. And please God, when it does, um, our response is not fear and anxiety and, you know, trying to hide and trying to cover and no, no. Who is this God? It's the one who loves us. Our response is praise. Our response is wonder, thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, you're here. I'm ready because you're here. That's enough for me. We gather here to, to ready ourselves in as much as we can, but we're receiving something. And I, I'd, I'd venture to say we're receiving something invisible. And we're receiving it in a whole lot of symbols. You know, that first reading, I have to say, it, it, it sort of confused me a little bit from wisdom. One translation said, um, this, this, the divine institution. I think, what is that? <laughs> um, well, maybe for our purposes tonight, it's, it's this institute of the Mass. We're coming really to enjoy what we call a sacrifice. Um, sacrifice is a, is a beautiful and a misunderstood thing. But I was, I was listening to a, um, a YouTube video. I don't know if anyone's ever seen one of those Matt Frad videos, but Matt was talking to Joe Heschmeyer, and he was asking him, if you could change one of the doctrines in the Christian faith, what would it be? Um, C.S. Lewis said that he would change hell. He'd get rid of that, <laughs> if he could. Uh, but I mean, it's, it's very clear in, in Scripture that there, is, there are consequences for um, the choices we make or don't make. Um, and... and Please, God, we all hope to go to that home that God has prepared for us. Anyway, um, Joe repeated what, what C.S. Lewis he said. He said, yeah, if I could, I'd get rid of that. But you think to yourself, what is heaven? And, and what does it mean to approach heaven? You know, what does it mean to be drawn into heaven? To be readied, if you like, to be called and to, re and to respond to that call. If nothing else, it, it does take our will. And I don't want us to get anxious here again because it's not, it's not reliant on um, how holy we strive to be and how smart and how... It's not that. But it's, it's the receiving of an invitation. We've all been called by name. In fact, God speaks to us right now. Um, very particularly, very intimately. And then... In the way that God only does, he waits. What's he waiting for? Not for us to get everything ready, but simply to respond. What is our response? And how do we respond in this place? Because here we have the privilege of making a communal response and a very sacred response. And we can be very sure that God is attentive and in fact, we have very many um, saints praying to, to aid us in making a beautiful response, not just here, certainly here, but even by our whole lives as we go out from this place. So let's take a brief moment to prepare ourselves to respond.